Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Attraction HQ podcast, where we look at love, sex, dating, relationships, how you can have more of them, how they can be better quality, how you can feel inspired and become a better person within yourself by ignoring conventional dating advice, taking outside strategies and perspectives, and striving to become the most real, authentic, honest, and sexiest version of yourself. Hi, my name is Hayley Quinn, and welcome back to another episode of Attraction HQ. Now, as you know, I like to kind of look at love from different and interesting perspectives um, and today I'm very excited because I've got a guest on here that I actually very much respect who's going to give you get this guys really really specific detailed practical advice so you want to have your notepads ready or we'll listen to this one again he is the number one Asian dating coach uh, his name is JT Tran and he's the founder of ABCs of Attraction this guy even lectures at Harvard that's how hot his knowledge is. <laughs> and very recently, we did a YouTube collaboration together on how you can date women as a shorter guy. So we're going to get really into it today. We're not going to hold back. And we're going to talk about the reality of if you are a shorter guy or if you are an Asian man and you may be looking to date outside of your race, how you can do that. Because I have to say, and I think this is just one of these like truths about people, there's no point pretending that people don't have certain prejudices or biases or preferences when they meet other people. Of course they do. But I'm a huge believer in two things. Um, those two things would be, one, you don't have to be a cookie cutter Ken doll of perfection in order to meet amazing women. Like That's just not true. Um, secondly, I think particularly man to woman, how you behave and you communicate with her is everything like i've just been reading have you read robert green's book seduction the art of seduction yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i was just reading about like all of the the tales of these apparently extremely grotesque and like gargoyle like <laughs> men who <laughs> did amazing things there's hope for the rest of us <laughs> hopefully me too um so what i was thinking about is like first of all thank you so much for coming on my show i really oh, appreciate it thank you so much Haley, for having me all right awesome so um we were talking about the the shorter guy so maybe we could think about and I don't know if you're listening, you might be listening and you might be conscious of your height and you might think that in online dating or when women meet you, they're just like, you're just not the right physical preference that they're looking for. Um, do you think, straight question, 
do you think that that shorter guys have it harder when it comes to picking up women? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they've done multiple studies that have shown that taller people are just generally more well-regarded, make more money, and date more. And for those of you guys who aren't familiar with who I am or seeing pictures of me, I'm only five foot five, and that's on a good day. Okay, <laughs> I am not a tall guy. I I wish I was born tall, dark, and handsome, but. I can settle for being short, standing, and smooth. <laughs> and that's what you have to do when you're as short as I am and just as average looking as I am. I, I can't settle on being like a good looking guy because it just doesn't work for me. So I have to play up every single strength that I have, whether it's dressing sharp or coming in strong on the approach when I talk to a girl or just being very dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be more than just a stereotype. You have to be larger than life, what I call exude that command presence Mm -hmm. because you are going to be dismissed. And it is partly because I am a short guy. Mm -hmm. And if I'm generic, if I have a a weak personality, people will more likely dismiss me than if I was, say, taller and good looking. Mm -hmm. And that's just reality. I mean, it is what it is. And there's no use trying to, you know, make, tell polite lies about oh we're all you know human but the reality is <laughs> we all get judged we, we judge do. women women judge us it's, it's just, true they say yeah, on online dating sites particularly and this is obviously like to me like the worst of humanity it's like <laughs> they say that they will judge men on height and wealth and women on age and weight so it's like yeah yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, you know? And so it's like also, you know, for the guys that are listening, I'm just going to put in a small female voice here that it's not that you just have it all bad. You know, men judge women back too as well. You know, there's no. a, a huge it's drop. It's a two-way street, like everybody's yeah. doing it. Yeah, exactly. So the main point is here that, uh, as JT said, if you act in a way that is generic or you play it too safe or you just come across as bland, if you have something that maybe you're not like somebody's automatic physical type, that means that they've got no, they're not incentivized to keep speaking to you and you'll be mm-hmm. more quickly dismissed. Um, instead, what you need to do is if we can work with all of those things that JT was mentioning, whether it's your personality, your presence, your dominance, then actually people have to reevaluate you. And what I'm really interested in as well is just about how if you break people's patterns, i.e. you give them something and it's an unexpected response, they have to think on their feet a bit more. They can't Mm -hmm. just go into autopilot mode. And the problem is so many guys, and I I don't like this, uh, is, you know, I think because you're you're nice and you respect your mom and you like women and you're a conscientious person, that means that you kind of go into people-pleasing mode and you don't want to say anything that's disruptive or that unsettles people and instead that's kind of actually a lot of the time what you need to do because if you give her exactly the same approach hello initial pieces of conversation exactly what she's used to getting from guys she kind of goes into snooze mode and she doesn't have to think on her feet about how to respond instead she just goes oh it's just another one of these guys and you have to not be just another one of those guys. You have to do things to make yourself an individual so much that your individuality in a non-physical way is smacking her around the face like, yo, (laughs) (laughs) this is who I am. Yeah, yeah. Well, psychologists call it heuristics. Like we make these mental shortcuts based off of incomplete information. Mm -hmm. And if you're like very shy and demure, she's going to pull that cloud of knowledge based off of like other guys. I, I always tell my students be animated, be expressive, and be real, but also equally as important is be physical. Mm-hmm. Because I, as a shorter guy, can get away, actually, with being more physical than, say, a taller guy. Um, I have this this video, a nightline, and I was teaching on the, the interview 
that this idea of keynote turn, which kind of hard to describe just over you know the podcast here, but imagine touching her on the shoulder, turning her, but all you're doing is getting her attention. You're not trying to cop a feel. You're not being aggressive. Mm-hmm. You're not applying more force than you would with, let's say, if you took your pinky and put it on the palm of your other hand. It's not a lot of force. You're just guiding her to look at you and you're saying hello, right? But you're introducing that physicality and anybody can really do it, especially nightlife. Um, not really so much during the day, but that physical action gets her attention. And then, as I said, be animated, be expressive, or be real. I once had a student, like we were practicing during my program, and he's like, JT, you know, I thought that what you're teaching was, I would just have it, you know, do 50% of what you're doing and it get me the results. Like, but you actually are doing exactly what you're saying, which is when I go up to a girl, I'm literally going like, hi, like <laughs> I'm expressing myself because if I don't, she's going to completely ignore me. Mm. It's like, I want her to feel me both in a physical and emotional sense. Right. And I think like I say that the number one reason that approaches fail is just lack of attention and focus from the woman. It's like, you've lost it in the first two seconds because something about you she hasn't engaged properly she hasn't stopped she hasn't given you full eye contact she hasn't given you the time of day and it's not even men in a horrible way it's just you haven't you haven't appeared properly on her radar mm-hmm. so I like what you're saying about doing strong physical command about speaking with a nice strong tone of voice what would you say that and I give you away a little bit more of your secrets you would mm-hmm. say if the uh, guy is there and the woman turns around mm-hmm. and you know what women do when you stop them they give you like a funny look like right. I've I've literally never seen a woman like turn around and smile and mm-hmm. be like really relaxed and say can I have your number she'll turn around and look like you like you're an alien from Mars right. so when the, when a guy's standing there there's this really hot woman she's turned around she's looking at him like what what are the first things that you would say would be a great way to begin that? Well, the thing is, it's not even what you say, it's how you say it, right? Mm-hmm. So what's really important is what's the first thing a girl sees when you turn around is your face. So before I'm even talking, I'm expressing myself physically. I make that like a laser eye contact and I give like a really heartwarming grin. Mm-hmm. So yes, like you're saying like she turns around, she's like, what, you know, who is this guy? But the thing is like from the very get-go, I'm exuding warmth and positivity right. and hopefully a little bit of sexuality so that her reception to me and the conversation that starts is going to be so much easier. I think I had a student describe it like, like JT, every time you approach, it's like pushing a snowball down a hill. That's how easy it is. It's because I've mastered that seven seconds of approach. I turn her, I look at her, I was like, hi, my name's JT. What's yours? Right? Really simple. But that high, you know, is working in every country, every city, every bar. Someone tonight is simply introducing themselves in the right, proper way. And women are responding. I think what I like about what you're saying there is to me... Um, and this is, I think, what guys often... You, guys will often think they have to think about something super smart or witty or whatever to say. And in fact, building trust and making her feel comfortable, to me, is the first thing you have to accomplish. Yeah. Like, if she's not relatively chilled out and really ready to hear what you're going to say, so go in with warmth, friendliness, yeah. a touch of sexuality. There was a, a study that said the two primary characteristics that people judge you on is, is competence and trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in a, say, nightlife, it doesn't really matter how competent you are. No one's, you're not on a job interview, but trust, right? Because she doesn't know who you are. So when I come in, again, you make that solid eye contact, you make smile, and like you said, focus. Because I'm talking to a girl, I'm like focused mm-hmm. on her. And like 
again, it's it's hard to describe just on the podcast, but like I have students that say like the girls have these big anime eyes as they're just listening to everything I say. And it's because she is like in my universe, right? Mm-hmm. We're we're just talking and, and conversing and she's like the number one person that I'm talking to. Um and one really big lesson for all you guys that are listening is it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Because I'm expressing myself in multiple levels from eye right. contact, facial expression, to not only my physical body, where I'm moving, like how much I'm touching her. And I think women are pretty amazing actually at synthesizing information. I think mm-hmm. they constantly read on all different kinds of levels and they almost do it more automatically. I know it's a human principle, but I think women do it. It's like when a woman goes, the best example is when a woman goes, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's just like, she said she's fine and that yeah. immediately, but like the, the clipped way that she says yeah, it, the hunched shoulders. I mean, hopefully like everybody's had a girlfriend and they know the difference between when you ask, hey honey, how you doing? And she says, oh, I'm fine. And the difference between, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I always think that the non, actually the non, if you, it's also when you're speaking to a woman, if you can speak to her on that non-verbal level and you can observe what she's sub-communicating to you through how she says things. That's one of the most powerful keys to getting into a conversation. So just as a side note, for instance, if she says, oh yeah, you know, I work in, I work in PR. <laughs> you can see that she, she's happy, right? She likes her job and mm-hmm. you can say, oh, you know, that's oh, it's amazing. You really like your job. I can see you just light up when you talk about it. Versus if she goes, I work in PR, you know, and she's looking at her feet, she's mumbling it. Pick up on it, you know. Don't just ask her whereabouts her offices are, <laughs> you know, like who she works with. Observe the fact that she's communicated that information to you in a way that says, "I don't like my job," and that's what you actually have to start to work with. Um, so I'm going to say, if the, you know, for the, for the shorter men that are out there listening right. to this, if they become, is there was there any point in interaction? I I don't know this myself. I'm just asking out of curiosity. Right. Would you ever acknowledge the height difference? Or would you do things that actually like maneuver her so she doesn't recognize so much of a height well, difference? Well, I, I do both. I mean, one of my openers, for like a direct compliment opener, is again, most girls are going to be taller than me. Like 90% of the girls I've ever dated are taller than me. And I call this my Amazon opener. I see a really tall girl, and I love six foot tall girls. Like, there's something about a six foot tall girl that just gets my engines running. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, go, go. And I will say, you. You are tall and gorgeous. I love you already. And the thing is, like, tall girls surprisingly are not approached that much. No. And it's usually only, like, fellow tall guys, right, that are approaching them. But the tall guys want themselves short girls, typically. Right. A lot of the time, honestly, I've got friends that are six foot or six foot one. And, like, the common thing that they'll say is, like, that they wish that they were the ballerina girl growing mm-hmm. up. You know, like, they feel disregarded or overlooked in comparison to their cute and petite friends and what they find is well i can only guys that are say six foot plus will approach me anyway and a lot of the time they won't approach me because they they like a cute and petite girl so they'll go after her instead so who am i supposed to date you know they feel that actually that their dating pool is small right right absolutely and so surprisingly at least when i first started it was surprising how receptive they were and the fact that you're owning your own height and i i don't get insecure about it um but you're, you're right in that there are physical things that I'll do to sort of be out of sight, out of mind. Like, I will sit down as fast as possible with her. I mean, that's just also from a practical point of view. allows you to isolate her. And, you know, these girls are wearing like three, four inch high heels. And it's painful, right? You want to go into like a physical and emotional comfort. So I sit down. The conversation gets more serious. Um, let's say there's no chair. What I'll do is I'll lean against something. 
and I'll mm-hmm. have her lean into me. Maybe it's a, a bar I lean against, or maybe it's the wall they lean against. And what happens is, like, when she's leaning, she's going to establish more eye level contact, um, <laughs> uh, or like stares. Or hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like last night, uh, this girl as well, she's like six foot tall. And there's this DJ booth and it's kind of raised, right? So I just kind of stepped at the, the DJ area. Right. That was her height. And it was just like completely out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, completely. And then we're like, I've, I have two examples that back that up. I have my friend Tones. She's gorgeous. She's six foot tall. And she says that she kind of like often goes for a shorter guy and she's just perfected this way of like standing now and <laughs> <laughs> she just slinks her hips out to one side and like manages oh, to drop wow. three inches and also I had that recently I was on a date with a guy I'm seeing who by the way my height mm. if not I would say I would maybe say I edge it in mm. the height department and he just good for you <laughs> yeah I mean he stood on, it's just not about that it's like there was other things that I liked about him and he stood on a little step when we were in the bar and honestly I was wearing high heels, but it kind of, we balanced out and then we were at eye contact yeah. level. And genuinely, I think, because I admire him so much and I like him so much, it's like a, it's like a non... Not an issue. Not an issue. Yeah. At all. And also, when you are dating a tall girl, don't get insecure about it. I know some guys would be like, oh, I don't want my girlfriend to wear high heels. Just own that. Oh, Just no. own it. Yeah. And I think you if know? you've got a tall girl, she's often feels so self-conscious about her yeah. height and feels that she's trapped forever in like yeah. sneakers. So if you can make her feel feminine and beautiful and actually mm-hmm. encourage her to be the Amazon... Also, if she feels that sexuality and she feels confident in your company, that's only going to make things better between you anyway. So. Right. And emotionally, I would definitely try to exude a certain amount of leadership and, and mm-hmm. dominance because tall girls have that sort of like, oh, they, they grew up kind of tall and lanky, sort of like an ugly duckling, if you yeah, will. Yeah. And so when there's a man that can make her feel feminine and soft 
when everyone is like treating her like some weird gangly alien, <laughs> you will set yourself apart. And like I said, you, you own that height difference. Yeah. And I think that's actually what you described there is what it's one of the secret things that, well, not secret, not secret things that women are always looking for. You know, we live, live, live in a world where, you know, a lot of the time women, but you know, we, we've got equality, women are working a lot. Lots of the times men don't feel comfortable with approaching women because they're not sure if it's sexist. <laughs> and so generally a woman can feel really like she doesn't get to be feminine an awful lot of the time. Yeah. You know, she's too, she, if she came, she, she embraced her femininity. Actually, a lot of the time she wouldn't be taken seriously at work. It'd be seen as a negative quality. And lots of guys don't give her that permission to be in that space. So you might think that by being dominant, or leading or assertive or any of those qualities you might think that's misogynistic it's in fact not in fact it's one of the nicest things that you can do to a woman to make her actually go back to her original sense of femininity so don't feel bad or weird about taking the lead arranging the date saying things as commands using more dominant body language in fact this will make her feel protected and secure and nice it's like literally as a woman you're like oh thank god like yeah. <laughs> i don't have to be completely on guard at all times because he's got this you know i yeah. trust him like he's got his he's got my best interest at heart he's looking out for us both i feel protected and secure in his company I feel feminine I feel sexy and if you can move a woman into that range of emotions she's going to love you forever (laughs) (laughs) so what I do is I always ask four questions and I've I've only recently implemented this so I'm looking back to the four (laughs) questions and what they are okay so I'm going to go for to begin with most romantic thing you've ever should we say you've ever done for someone because sure sure uh most romantic was my actual let's go with my first girlfriend ever first girlfriend ever and this was in college and we had just kind of started a date finally lost my virginity she was five foot ten blonde blue eyed so that's what i imprinted on like that's why I like like a, like a duckling, like a baby duckling, like a mom duckling, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 like, that's why I like tall girls. Because <laughs> my first girlfriend was tall. Um, what I did was, was I, again, this is college. I'm like a, a sophomore or something like that. And I asked a friend that I could borrow his car and took her to like a really super fancy restaurant, which I couldn't afford. <laughs> a broke college student. And like we dressed up. I had to borrow a tie. And it was like a candlelight dinner. And then, you know, we go to her place. Um, no, my place. And I had my, um, my roommate at the time, like, leave. And also set up the room with, like, candles and roses and stuff uh, like that. Again, all outside my college student budget. But I was like, this is my first girlfriend. I'm like, her nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, but she was, she, she was very impressed. Um, and I, it's like being in a relationship was one of the best things I ever had. I mean, later on, I realized I didn't know how to date because I wasn't <laughs> with anyone else. But, like, being in a relationship with a girl, like a proper relationship, living together for four years and doing that sort of, yes, kind of very mushy stuff, but it, it, it helps you grow. I think so. And, you know, I think that the whole, like, dare I say it, world of seduction, dating, we kind of, like, over-egg, like, how do I approach somebody? How do I get their number? And then, you know what? That is, like, the start, <laughs> the start of the problem is the big work or the big challenge is, like, two people or whatever form of relationship you go for trying to make sense of each other over a prolonged period of time oh my gosh so 
Uh, I like that a lot. Although I always feel bad, I have to say, for American colleges, the fact that you guys have to share a room. Like, <laughs> what is that? Like, you guys like, don't do that? No. Really? It's so oh, okay. much. Like, so it's like... I didn't realize that was, that was just an American thing. No, it's just you guys. I'm like, oh. I was just always thought, like, how do you... How do you no, like, like, you like, what, what do you dormies. do? You didn't have dorm roommate? No. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> right. I thought it was like everybody. No, I'm just like, God, that's such an obstacle. How did you guys manage? No, but that's where it came out, um, putting a sock on the door. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Classy. I love it. I love it. Um, so maybe this isn't going to lead on to the next one. Something that happened to you didn't think was, when you were younger, a limiting belief, you didn't think it was possible, and then it turned out it could be possible. Well, growing up, um, I was in the south of Texas, uh, which is can be a very racist kind of country. And just getting picked on and getting called like racist names for the longest time, I thought like being short and looking what I look like, that tall, attractive woman would never date me. Um, and you see, this is more true in, in the U.S. than probably United Kingdom. But there's a lot of stereotypes against Asians mm. being successful, being romantic, and women wanting us. So I had that hammered into me from a very young age that women, you know, especially like non-Asian women, would like never find someone like me attractive. And it took a long time to get to the point where not only did I have the skill... Um, but also to destroy that limiting belief. Mm-hmm. And it took a while. It just doesn't simply disappear overnight. It took a constant practice, not only my skill and my craft, but also the actual real-world results of dating more and more attractive women that are, you know, n- whether they're white or Latina or black and mm-hmm. tall and attractive. It took a while. Yeah, and I would say that what's funny is you might think you might be looking at this tall, attractive woman uh, but you know what? Sheila had her probably her demons from her teenage years Damn. as well, kicking no. around. You know, so you just you think that someone must be super extremely confident. As said, my friend was always insecure that she wasn't like her friend the ballerina. Yeah. I was called thunder thighs at school Aww. and chicken legs. Aww. Oh, I hated school so much. <laughs> it was honestly this is what I used to do. I used to walk around. And because I'd seen the American high school movies that you'd like, as a girl, you drop books in front yeah. of a guy to get them to like pick them up, you know, and then, you, then your eyes meet. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. You did that. <laughs> but they never picked my books up. Uh, I was just like throwing my textbooks. You just that clumsy girl. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> so <laughs> two more questions. Have you got a, a life hack? So something that, you know, you've obviously, you've achieved a lot. You've come really far mm. from, you've come a long way from Texas. <laughs> so yeah. how, what mindset has helped you approach life to get stuff moving? Um, well, I'm a, by training, I was a spacecraft systems engineer. So I tend to be able to multitask and take very complex um, subject matter into, into something simplistic. The thing is, it's not easy for everybody to do that. Like I had Excel spreadsheets when I was out starting. Um, that's me being super analytical and obsessive compulsive more than the keen immortal men, right? Uh, but one thing that, that's helped me focus um, is having three, you know, I'll build these lists of tasks that I need to do for my mm-hmm. company or, or whatever. So I just give myself three things every single day. And like, these are the three things that I am going to accomplish come, you know, hell or high water, <laughs> right? And what ends up happening is I end, end up like accomplishing more because once those are done, okay, like okay, now I go into like the 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 bonus round and see if I can knock <laughs> off more tasks. Because the thing is, like, I what I would used to do 
um, because like, you're juggling a company and like you've got a team that I would just multitask to the point where almost nothing got done mm-hmm. and I would kind of curl up in the fetal position I'm like there's so much going on right it's like why is there more people competent and like you know so again it's just like I'll Take three things and I'll just knock them out of the park, and it makes you feel good. It's like, okay, I'm doing something. Right, things are getting done. So I love time. a list. I love yeah. a list. I love Excel sheets. I like taking those things off. You know, it really. And also, often if I'm stressed or I'm awake at night, I just will write it down. I'll be like, I will address this in the morning. And as soon as it's on paper, this is a great CBT technique. It's on paper. You're aware of it. You're handling it, and you actually get to feel a lot better. And also, come hell or high water is one of my favorite phrases. <laughs> I say that all the time. I'm like, that's it. Come hell or high water, I'm gonna do this I'm going to achieve it and like, that's a great mindset anyway to keep approaching things and last question I wish we could do more and I'm sure that the guys are going to be like I want JT back get rid of him mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, it's a JT show oh, yeah <laughs> just come take over uh, do you have a dating hack or some like a little tip or a mindset or a principle that you think will just help the guys to get better with girls um, always be prepared I think logistics is the man's domain. So some of the best dates or the girls have said like the best dates with me is like, oh, it's so spontaneous. You know, one thing led to another and we did this and I was like, girl, it that was, was all planned. <laughs> <laughs> that was all planned. That, that magical kiss on the Santa Monica Ferris wheel when they stop at the very top and you're looking at the you know Los Angeles skyline, <laughs> that was planned. But in that moment, though, it's, it's magical. But the thing is like, women aren't going to plan it out for you. So I always... Um, we'll actually write down if I'm in a new city and I'm trying to figure out things to do for a girl, like three small little dates that, uh, venues that are kind of from a walking distance. And that gives you flexibility. Like say you go Santa Monica Pier and you want to go walk on the beach with a girl or whatever. There's, there's things to do. And you do that for like 30 minutes. You don't ask for a huge time investment. And if things are going really well, you're like, hey, you know what? There's that Santa Monica, you know, Ferris wheel. Let's hop on. That's another 30 minutes and things are going good. Then you suggest another one. But you don't want to suggest to a girl, hey, let's hang out for like four hours. Because she's (laughs) going to say no. So small things, things are going good. Toss out another idea. Right. Yeah, if she likes it, then you you, you build. It's you like start, have a, Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have you a low it. investment initial mm-hmm. offer, right? Easy to buy into, easy to accept. 30 minutes a walk. If it goes well, it doesn't go well, I can leave. Great. And then you're right. If you have, if it's going well, have multiple contingency plans. And also date planning is such like an easy win, I yeah. think, to have to know the local area, to kind of know a cool thing to do, to know a nice view, know what drinks to order. Like, that's and a also, simple, I, I, simple I do stuff. Around, like, I, I try to have a place where I know I can uh, kiss a girl. Right. right. Yeah. So, and I think that is the kind of thing, like, you can plan that. You can do that in advance. Like, she's not even there. So if no. you're getting stressed about the date, that's such an easy way to communicate or that you're confident with women, that you're romantic, that you're spontaneous. All of those qualities, you can just construct into a really well thought out date and it's a simple and easy thing to do. So I like that a lot. So... Uh, if the guys listening would like to know more more dating hacks from JT (laughs) where can they find you they can come to my website at www.abcsofattraction.com or just call at 1-888-689-GAME or just email at support at abcofattraction.com amazing this is a guy who's got his his organization together i can tell you've been using those spreadsheets well Uh, and also i have to say JT actually gives what i like is he gives really practical 
actionable advice and that is important yeah. you know things that actually work and they've been proved to work and there's thought that's gone into it rather than just like a load of like preamble and stuff that actually from a guy and also I know that JT lives this and this is what he does and he does what he says which is important to me because I only like to promote people that have integrity anyway if you've enjoyed the podcast if you thought this was awesome uh, I got so much information from this please share it please subscribe to it please rate it um, send it to a friend uh, I will of course be back again next week with another Attraction HQ podcast and if you want to hear more about JT he's going to go on my Love HQ one as well briefly so you might want to cross over and listen to him there too so thank you again guys and I will speak to you again next week bye thank you for listening to my podcast today uh, if you want to find out more about me please head to hayleyquinn.com forward slash club where I have a free 30 day membership available for you to my exclusive subscribers club you can also catch up with me on youtube at hayleyquinnxx on instagram as hayleyquinnx and on twitter as plain old hayleyquinn uh, I'd love to hear your feedback on the show please engage me please reach out and thank you again for your support 